welcome, welcome, welcome to the post-draft No Bad Dudes podcast. We are back. We've had a little time to digest, to go over who are new NFL players and how it impacts our fantasy league and your fantasy league for those that are not in it, in ours. Uh, I am your co-host, Brad Anderson, proud owner of Team Loser 2021. That means that I lost. I was the, the worst team last year for all those new listeners. Uh, I am joined by my co-host. Uh, Eamon DC with the Nile Sacks. Yes. And yeah, today we're talking about uh, the fallout of the draft and how it's impacting the skill position players. And maybe, you know, we'll talk about a few other nice landing spots for non-skill position players and how it impacts fantasy and you know looking forward into the into where we are now going to be going into draft you know we're not really a draft season but like that's the next big thing is is the fantasy draft so lots to go lots of time to go until then but um Eamon, as we usually start off most of our uh, our pods, it is Cinco de Mayo. It is uh, Thursday, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, what is on your mind, sir? Uh, all right, I'll go with the... So, uh, did you see the J.J. Reddick thing yesterday? Uh, no, I, I saw that he, you know, interrupted Mad Dog Russo on... Uh, first take, but that's just because I listened to Levitar and that's what they, <laughs> they no, make fun of. Yeah, of course. But um, so like so basically, for uh, people who didn't see like the the small clip of it, is uh, because we have such a New York audience, everybody knows that Mad Dog Russo has been the exact same person for thirty five plus years. I don't know. I started listening to them in, like the early nineties, and it's like he always has the same thing. He talks about like the nineteen forty players like the way we talk about um i don't know not even somebody that old like michael vick it's like oh it's not even that long ago but he pretends they're there and it's like it's kind of that trope of like hidden let's hide in uh as a laboratory i'm assuming points out um like it's usually like a little racially based too and uh it's like old whiteies and stuff like that and like you know i do think you know i just think espn has become such a cesspool of like just terribleness around sports and like you know it's it's really like kind of like a fox news level of just like it's unwatchable it's only there to do and like in fairness it's like oh you pretend like oh well they hired jj reddick to do this stuff and to challenge these old perspectives but it's like no but the producers put mad dog russo on knowing what he's doing um there's no surprise that mad dog russo russo is gonna have the opinion of athletes should shut up and not talk and all that stuff so i just i think it's just like it's a weird thing like when something like as much as espn i've as i've watched and to see what it's become is just like oh it's so disgusting and it totally makes sense why they hired joe buck and troy aikman sorry it's like when randy boss pretended to moon the green bay fans like oh my god the greatest crime in the world you know and you know it just it just it's just sad i i what did JJ Reddick do? 
So basically, he just said, like, he basically called out Russo for these talking points of just saying, uh, you know, yeah, you guys don't want to hear athletes do this. Like, I, this is coded language. You, we all know, and and the shut up and dribbles. Like, it's not anything unique. It's just it got a lot of traction, and I think people are pretending like this. It's this great moment, but it was it was a created moment by the producers of ESPN. They knew that would happen, and like, it's just it's just it's sad. I think it's just like let's put out somebody to say something terrible, and then somebody else will kind of clean it up, and and then will feel like, oh, that was a good way to handle it. Instead of, like, going, like, uh, why are you, like, you're literally ESPN with, like, multiple channels where you're constantly trying to bring athletes on. Like, there should be nobody on your air that thinks athletes should shut up. Unless you're really trying to just create a stunt. Right. Um, kind of with that. Or connected to that. Uh, I, like, I'm not a huge NBA fan. Meaning I'm not like a consumer of uh, like the regular season. I'm not like, I don't know, like who's on the bench of the Dallas Mavericks or like, you know, I, I don't know that much about, but it's, you know, NBA playoffs. And what I do like about um, NBA playoffs and kind of NHL and is that, it, you know, and baseball is I, I like their playoff system. I like seven games. Because I feel like that's how, like, you, you can see teams make adjustments and you can see, like, uh, as a series goes on, uh, how the games uh, become more intense, become, like, how the things are carried over from one game to another. So I'm, you know, I've been watching as much NBA basketball as I ever have during, you know, it's also very, very dry season for others you know for football and i mean there's baseball but i i don't know anybody who really watches that so yeah i took my um i all four of my bets all four of my nfl draft bets hit which is pretty awesome uh i don't think i've ever gone four for four on even on like (laughs) football sunday so i just rolled it over uh rolled over my winnings to uh golden state winning the nba championship not because i think that they're necessarily going to win i I don't even i couldn't tell you who i who the best team is maybe phoenix i guess um maybe boston i don't know um but it's got me watching uh watching nba basketball uh and west coast best coast for watching sports like the early games start at like four o'clock so you can end the late games end at you know <laughs> eight. So it's not terrible to you know staying up all night to watch games. So um, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the personalities. I'm enjoying like the kind of rivalries that are that are starting uh, or um, growing. Uh, and uh, I'll be in Vegas twice in the month of May, uh, once for work and once for vacation. And I'm sure I'll put some uh, put some nice little bets down, maybe some parlays. So, uh, you know, Eamon, if you've got any good bets that you think are, are solid over the next four weeks, let me know. And, uh, you know, Ray, you can, uh, you can let me know too. 
or any listener can can you know put in the comments and let, let us know what's what are locks over the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I mean talking about the start time of, of playoff games is just like the most Mike and Mad Dog uh, topic ever. Like that's you just do they talk about it? Yes, <laughs> all the time. Really. Yeah, because they have to fit. They used so they had the craziest longest show. Like they went from one until six. They were doing daily sports for five hours, and they hated they hated basketball and hockey. So just imagine what they were doing in February. Talking like, baseball. Yeah, and Mad Dog hates football. Like he only loves bas. He he loves he loves baseball and he loves tennis. Like, oh like gosh. <laughs> so. They just, they would talk, that's why they would talk about Bob Cousy all the time. Like, it's just like, it's because Mad Dog doesn't know, didn't care. He didn't know who Isaiah Thomas was or any of these guys. Um, all right. So before we move on to the specific topics, I do think we have to uh, uh, take a minute and. Have a moment. Oh. For. My early season love of Javante Williams. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Oh. Hard to oh, say goodbye to yesterday. <laughs> All right. Um, so Melvin Gordon signed since uh, whatever podcast I admitted my like full fledged love for Javante Williams and like, do I think he still could be a top ten running back? Sure, but I thought he could be number one and could he be number one? Maybe, but I you know Melvin Gordon I don't think has missed that many games ever. Um, so you need him. You basically need. Javante just to outrun him every time. Um, and you need to know that he's not... Um, yeah, he never misses games. <laughs> he's always over 200 yards. He's over 200 carries a season. Um, yeah. Uh, so you need to know that Javante is going to be the goal line back, which I honestly doubt that will be the case. Um, so I, you know, I think it really caps Javante Williams' upside and really just... Other than Travis Kelsey, like, I don't think a number one pick makes sense for anybody else. Um, and then number two through six is, like, I don't know, whatever flavor ice cream you want. They're, it's just ice cream. Um, Melon Gordon's one of the party. Other news, uh, I think that, you know, we'll get into the stuff that happened during the draft, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins suspended six weeks uh you know i guess the taking the stance of like you know i was taking supplements to get better didn't know what was in it got popped um which is just you know a bummer for everybody i don't think that that i, I, I don't blatant cheating like that or blatant cheating of like i'm taking steroids or peds and but like someone recovering uh and then possibly just taking something that they didn't know had banned substances in it um and losing out in six weeks sucks for them sucks for the team sucks for fantasy 
Um, I suspect he'll fall very far in the draft now. Um, you know, maybe it's a good time to take, you know, not the injury dip, but the suspension dip in case he bounces back and has a, a big, you know, second half of the season and you can get him, you know, in whatever round and then just, he can become a keeper. I think Michael Thomas for you last year. Yeah, Michael Thomas. So we'll see. You'll see if my play pans out this year. Um, but yeah, it, we, you know, off off pod, him and I went back and forth about how this impacts Kyler and the wide receiver core of uh, Arizona. And I'm like, well, it can't help. Um, <laughs> well, that wasn't but, your take. Let's let's sure. let's let's go back a couple steps. First off, the official position of this podcast uh, is not clear, um, as Mike will tell you from back in the day. I don't just assume that steroids or anything you get popped for is cheating. Um, I think there's a lot of guys who, like Peyton Manning, went to Germany to get like some procedures done, and then his neck is fine. And like I don't know what the difference between that is. And what maybe DeAndre Hopkins took so yeah. he could play. Um, so I don't I, I I think it's the dumbest thing to say. What happened was in the nineteen eighties, steroids popped up in the Olympics and in baseball, and people saw people get like add like forty pounds, and then like everyone pretended like, Oh, I understand what steroids is. But these PEDs right now are so much different. Like the reason you see a lot of it's never the guys who are like the offensive linemen getting popped anymore. It's all these long lean guys, because like you know they're probably trying to get their tendons stronger and all this stuff like that. So I, I just, I just want to say like, I don't have a moral judgment on this stuff. I just, yeah, I, I think, you know, the problem is that there's like certain things that doctors would tell you, yes, if they're done in the right way, that is absolutely what you should do if you have a torn ligament or you should have this if you have if you fucked up your back or whatever other thing that like you're trying to recover from. Um, can you also use those to gain an advantage slightly? <laughs> like nobody's like really completely changing who they are anymore. Um, so, you know, it's just a little murky and I, I don't like, like, I don't know. So what you, what, um, what I think was the, the conversation was, I didn't think this was going to have as big of an impact on the Cardinals. Um, just mostly cause I thought DeAndre Hopkins was, on the downside of his career like usually these right. big body guys once they start slowing down like it's a cliff like so i i just assumed like realistically deandre hopkins season's probably like if he would have played 17 games or if he would have played the season without a suspension he's probably around 1100 yards and six or seven touchdowns and like 80 something catches which yeah. you know it's not nothing but it's also not what he was two years ago, which I, you know, I, that, that was just what I was trying to point out. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, they, they got Hollywood Brown in the draft. It'll be interesting to see what that offense looks like uh, because, uh, you know, they have, you know, Hollywood Brown is small. Rondell Moore is small. Um, so what, what is that offense look like uh, <laughs> and i imagine it's going to be fast but uh you know having that that big body receiver uh, i don't know if they you know they still have aj green 
Um, who was it was pretty solid last year. I think. Yeah, pretty solid for you know what what he had done in the previous seasons. If you and... would have, uh, I was looking at the stats last night. If you would have, if you would have projected Hopkins to be healthy the rest of the season when he got hurt, his numbers would have been almost identical to AJ Green's last year. So, like, that's that's just like, you know, I think that was the point. Is that like DeAndre Hopkins is a lot closer to AJ Green than I think we're 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 all ready to admit to it. Uh, what else? What other news? Um. I think everything's draft related, more or less. Like AJ Brown will do in the draft. Um, I don't think there's anything. Yeah. yeah, I think the cutting of Mike Davis and Falcons. Uh, we don't need to talk about. It. Okay, so uh, we are looking at fantasy pros uh, and going down like what the position, or sorry, the player and like the landing spot and uh where they have them ranked uh as far as like rookie dynasty draft so that may not be our you know in in our um draft because ours is a redraft but with keepers so it's a, it's different than a dynasty but um we're just going to go down there let's maybe do top 10 and then kind of jump around a little bit to guys that we think maybe further down that we we would maybe put in our uh in our draft so uh i thought it was a pretty exciting draft i liked it there was a lot of trades um you know maybe because i had more uh had done more research i knew the players and kind of knew the fits that would happen uh i thought that there there was you know some strong drafts some not so strong drafts uh we had like in the tens through 10 through 20 Seems like every receiver went off the board. And then, um, you know, I, I thought, you know, Baltimore has a pretty good looking team or had a pretty good looking draft uh, based on the research that I that I did. So uh, let's just jump in and talk about the number one player as of now in dynasty drafts. Um, and that's to the New York Jets, uh, Brees Hall running back. So he is out of Iowa State. He was kind of the guy that was touted to be the number one running back coming out. Um, and we were talking about, you know, in the pre-draft, like, oh, maybe he goes to Houston. Uh, that'd be a good fit for him. Or, you know, he's going to go in the, in the top half of the second round. We are correct in that. Uh, what do you think about Brees Hall and like having a, you know, the RB one in at the New York Jets? I mean, I would be really excited about this and like be targeting him, but I, I do, I do believe that's just a waste of time for me. <laughs> like I, I, I just, in, in our league. Yeah. I, I can't imagine him being in a position where I would draft him. I think between all the Jets fans, um, everybody's just going to pop up and, and take him. I assume he goes in the top 18 picks. Um, just because the need for running backs. Maybe it's the back end of the second. But, like, I don't, I'm not sure when I would feel. Um, just to let everybody know, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out my players. And I did this before 
um, the draft, but like I, I did my little cheat sheet, and we'll do an official one where once we go through divisions and we'll put our teams in there. But like, you know, in the top of the third round, like you're, for me hypothetically, it's like T. Higgins, Josh Jacobs, Deontay Johnson, D.K. Metcalf, J.K. Dobbins, which I think is a keeper option, but. You know, I think all those guys I'd still rather have than Brees Hall, and I can't imagine um, him going past that. Like, I, I assume Willie or Ray uh, will jump up and grab him before that. Or Mike. Uh, uh, Mike doesn't do too many homery stuff. I don't think he's had too many Jets. So what's interesting is right now Brees Hall's listed as the RB1 for New York Jets. Uh, and they have Michael Carter there, and Michael Carter, who they got last year, who in the th- third fourth. round, I think, in the fourth, fourth round. Yeah. Um, so, and he had some success um, last year. You know, yeah, I see why. Yeah, but like flashes, he he wasn't like terrible. He, he, he did a lot of reception work. He wasn't doing anything between the tackles, and I think that's. You know, when you're bringing the 49ers offense over, that's what you're looking for is, like, the one-hill, downhill cut guy. So, like, you know. I, but I do think that, like, also with the 49ers um, offense, they have, like, they are known to have multiple running backs and utilize multiple running backs. So, while I do think that Brees Hall will be the RB1 there, I, I think that having Michael Carter, who is a capable back, will eat into him having top end uh, potential, especially in his rookie year. Uh, I could be wrong, but um, I don't know if if I would go after Brees Hall that high either in the sec you know second or early like beginning of the third round. I don't know if I do that. Um, I will let Ray Willie. And maybe Mike Drafton, um, but it, you know it, it's it's cool. He, he he's going to a place where you know he is now listed as the RB one. Um, you know he could have gone to someone who it would be a clear split backfield, and um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see in in the preseason how he's used and. Um, you know he's a he's a pass catching running back as well, so he he does have all the tools. Um, uh, why don't we actually just jump to the other skill position player um, that the New York Jets drafted, and that's Garrett Wilson. Uh, so Garrett Wilson was the second wide receiver drafted. He was drafted at uh, number ten, and um, we you know. We, or I, I predicted that they would draft a wide receiver there. Uh, I thought they would go with Drake London, but Drake London was already off the board. And Garrett Wilson um, is, you know, a very good wide receiver. Uh, I had him, his comp was, uh, where's my where's my comp thing? Uh, oh, Nicole Hardman is what Bleacher Report had him comp to, so that's not too exciting. Um, and like the Jets offense is like ready to go. Like they, they set up Zach Wilson and I wonder like, where would you put Zach, where does it put Zach Wilson having two new 
like additions to his offense. Where do you think he is like QB blank this year? Oh, Zach Wilson. I don't know. Um, definitely back half. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get, I have studies that I, I've marked down, but I'm pretty sure 11 of the top 12 drafted quarterbacks last year finished in the top 12. Um, so like, I think we're at a point where like that top 10 is so definitive that like he yeah, would have to, it, yeah, breaking is very it's, hard. Yeah. Like it would have to be crazy. We had to do something crazy to, and like, I think that includes like Russell not being in that top 10. So he's going to be back there. Um, so like, yeah, I, you know, the, the question is, do these guys, the, you know, not obviously Baker this year, but the Bakers, the, uh, does he become more of like a Baker, Jared Goff, um, Sam Darnold type of like, it, it, you're not even sure if it's really worth drafting that guy. Cause if he's like going to be QB 27, each week it's like that's that's just too big of a disadvantage um right so you know i i think if everything goes right he could be like qb15 just because i don't think they'll be flawless offensively but dirt bikes by the beach uh but um yeah but like i i also think like he this offense could look terrible too yeah because there's also those reports about Mackay Becton and like that, everybody thought that was such a big win, but you know, apparently he like let his body completely fall out of shape in season. And like the jets were rumored to possibly take a tackle. Cause it was just like, it was that bad. Obviously I think that leak was like, just to tell him like, Hey, if you want your second contract, you better get your stuff together. But um, yeah, I mean, it could be over, a bad team. Overall, like we were talking just pre-pod. There's no one that, or there's no one that I I feel like I'm like oh that's a slam dunk skill position player like matchup or you know I don't know there's none of the none of the landing spots really excite me um, unfortunately for these uh, these players but I I think the question is where where is there going to be a player that will succeed maybe like towards the back end of this year or shows potential enough to be like, Oh, that's a keeper that you could possibly get into like a double digit round, you know, like, is there a chub in this, you know? I think like, that, I think that's like, I think that's over for a league. I, I, I genuinely think that's not like, I think everybody's going to be drafting these rookies ahead of the second, third receivers on teams. Cause like, I mean, I think last year you could see it with like, Mac Jones and other guys who even weren't even announced the starters and they were going the sixth round. So like, you know, I don't think like, I think we have to talk about these guys. Like, is it worth the seventh round pick? Because that's where Justin Jefferson's and Jamar Chase's have been going. And like, they've worked out, but like, that's where you have to go get them. Yeah. So like maybe like seventh, eighth, ninth round guys, like where's a, where's a good thing that will lead to, like where where was Pittman drafted last year? I feel like he might be someone who he was in the eighth round. Yeah, and that was his second year. But that was his second year. Okay. So you know, I, you know, Johan Johnson could be like I I can't imagine people not getting him before the tenth round. 
Like, I can't imagine him falling past the 10th round. Um, and I, I don't like him particularly. But I'm just saying, like, these guys who are even unlikable, I think, will be um, will be drafted. Because, like, I don't know. Let me pull up my board. You can make you can talk about if there's one guy you like. Yeah, so we'll just read, read down. We are going to go thought we'd break it down, but instead we'll just read down. So right now in Dynasty rankings, it's Brees Hall, Drake London in Atlanta, Jamison Williams in Detroit, Kenneth Walker in Seattle, Garrett Wilson in the Jets, Traylon Burks, Tennessee, Sky Moore in Kansas City, Chris Olave in New Orleans, Christian Watson in Green Bay, and James Cook, the running back out of Georgia, going to Buffalo. Um... So, like, I think, like, in a redraft league like ours, I think the one that, like, jumps off the page that people might overdraft is Sky Moore. Um, Maybe they don't overdraft him, but I I think that he has, because he's with, you know, a top five quarterback, top three quarterback, um, fantasy-wise, and a, a, a need, they needed a wide receiver, how he's used in that offense will be uh, interesting. You know, Andrew, Andy Reid uh, will carve out a role for him. Um, and he's like, he's kind of, he's slot, a slot guy with big hands um, and, you know, highly touted. He fell quite a bit in the draft, which was surprising. So it's one of those things, like people thought he might go, top of the second round even sneak into the first round um and so that casey got him i think that's a good fit for fit there how how he is used will be interesting like he could be a possession guy um like kind of like edelman kind of you know that guy who gets you those seven yards uh but he's also like could be a guy who they create place for uh he's small in stature and fast um so he's not like i I don't know if edelman was ever considered a fast player um but he skymore is fast can catch and um is a slot guy so you know he he might be a guy that like someone drafts him in the fifth round um and he turns out to be a dude if he falls outside of the, like if he gets to six, seven, eight, I think there's incredible value there. Um, but I, I don't think he does. Um, I know I haven't done, I haven't done my, my draft board since, uh, uh, or my rep, what rounds I think guys will go in, uh, since the draft. But, um, you know, I, I want to be excited for Christian Watson, but I just am not, um, you know, I want to be excited because I'm a Green Bay fan. I, I just think that he doesn't have a huge impact this year. There's a lot of, like, um, ball tracking and, like, uh, you know, limited route trees uh, that he has right now that he has to, like, he's a development. Uh, they're doing a, they're doing a, like, a lap around Amon's things. And they're, every, every, like, two or three minutes we'll hear them coming in uh those dirt bikers so christian watson could be like a good pick you could get later uh he could be in the ninth eighth ninth round and could show flashes towards the end of the year 
but he's not a guy that you would want to rely on as your wide receiver three, four. Christian Watson gets five touchdowns and like 700 yards. And I would bet that that like four touchdowns come in the second half of the season. Do you, so what do you, so like to go into like the fantasy side of it, do you think he is, so who do, who do you think of the top three wide receivers? Is, is Amari Rogers still in the picture now, or for the uh, for the Packers? Yeah. Oh God. Uh, I mean, he well, was a second round pick last year. I think that they yeah they he figures out a role. Amari Rogers. Um, I mean, Sammy Watkins will be a part of it. Um, I I just don't think I. I think Aaron Jones is probably uh, a bigger receiver than most of these, has better yardage than most of these guys. Because, um, I mean, I, I think I, I I can just see, like, and this is this is the problem with Rodgers is that he's such a passive-aggressive. Like, he should be already, like, having all of his wide receivers wherever he is throwing the ball. Because, like, I... I there's five guys there that I'm like, I don't know who is going to end up with the most targets at the end of the year. Um, Cause he loves Lazard. He loves Randall Cobb. He, he talked Watkins coming in and then, um, you know, Amari Rogers has a place and, and Watson will have a place. So I, you know, it's just, it just feels like a, a grab bag of like what I don't want. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. And it's, it might be week to week. Like, some weeks it might be like just check down to Randall Cobb every play, and then some play time. Well, he he never has the balls to throw it deep. It's only when they like spread everybody on the one side, and then Adams is one on one, and that's his deep throw. But. Uh, so other like, who are some other guys in this? I in the top ten. I think the guy who has a chance to be this year's Justin Jefferson. And, and uh, Jamar Chase, just based on the situations around him, I think Chris Olave could be the guy. Like I, I think he could get more targets than Michael Thomas this year. I, I think that's why they drafted and moved up to get him, is because I think they might be trying to get over the Michael Thomas experience. And if they if they feel like he's a like a pretty close to a stud year one, like twelve hundred yards and eight touchdowns. I think they'll be okay with either trading or or cutting Michael Thomas after this year. Uh, a guy that's a little further down that I liked quite a bit, uh, and I think it's a good landing spot, is Alec Pierce um, in Indianapolis. Um, you know, he is having Michael Pittman there. There was a kind of like nobody else that was, it was like Pittman or, you know, a bunch of, okay guys like Paris Campbell's like oh Paris Campbell's gonna be you know is he gonna do it this year and it's like he never really quite did it um so I think that he's a guy that again could come on towards the end of the season um and get you know especially with Matt Ryan it like he, he could be a you know six touchdown type of guy um right now he's 
he's the wide receiver two. He's listed as the wide receiver two after Pittman um, on their depth chart. So Matt Ryan's wide receiver two, I like. Uh, and I think that he could be a guy that you could get in a double digit because he doesn't have much draft capital. Um, and he could be a guy that ends up being like a longer term uh, keeper. I know that's like, that's a very hot take, but you know, he had four, four 40 yard dash. Uh, and he was also the number one vertical jump in the class. So that's pretty tasty. And he was on a team in Cincinnati that went to the college football playoff. Um, so I, he could be a, he could be a guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, um, yeah, he, he's fine. I, I, I think that is one of the two or three places Julio Jones lands. Cause I think, especially how quiet it is. It's very clear to me, I think. For him, it's just like he's already told what team he's going to play for, and he's like, "I'm going to show up around like August 1st. Is that cool?" Um, and like, I'm sure whether it's it's the Colts or the Ravens, I think those are the two favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's got potential, and yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I mean, but I think at that point, like, I, I actually don't think he'll be wide receiver two for most of the year, but he'll be on the fee- field, I think, but. Um, also, they just drafted like the most at least elite athlete tight end in the draft, um, and it broke like all the athletic records or whatever I was hearing about. Who's that? Uh, where is McBride? it? McBride. No, McBride. Guy went to Arizona. Yes. Jelani Woods. Um, they were talking about BFF. Yeah. He broke all the stuff. So, like, I do think like I don't know if there's gonna be. I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to throw the ball enough for this number two mm. to be amazing. Sure, um, sure. Especially, again, if they sign Julio and it's like Julio is kind of the 1B to Michael Pittman. But um, but I think we can also just, you know, I, I'm getting a little excited for Detroit again, um, depending on yeah. how some stuff works out. Um I, I think this Jameson Williams trade was was very smart. Like I just think, you know, you're still on your uh, plan to be a top three drafting team next year. So you get your quarterback, and now you have your your fast wide receivers. So like he at least has a chance. You have an offensive lineman from last year. You know, I I think he'll go in a round that will make it not really value people. I, I mean, I think that's also, like, not really worth talking too much about these guys. I think Jameson Williams um, will be the type of guy that, like, I might put, like, a little pin, like, week three or four to reach out whoever has them and say, like, hey, I'll trade you, like, my, like, kind of decent running back for Jameson Williams and see what happens. But um, he's, you know, he's going to be, like, a Hollywood Brown type. Like, you're just going to have great weeks and probably some weeks where – Derek Goff is getting pummeled and we'll get two points or something, but, uh, but that's also like the back half of the season. So, you know, maybe he's the guy that all you guys waste your draft picks on in the 14th and 15th round on. Cause right. He's not going to play till November, right? Yes. But I, I just, I just think I'm excited for his, his career. Uh, uh, 
is there any quarterback landing spot that you could see like this is you know one of those things where like do you take Kenny Pickett late uh you know because I I like I still believe in Mitch um but do you take like Kenny Pickett late or do you take like a Malik Willis late in hopes that or a Desmond Ritter well Kenny Pickett's not going late right Kenny Pickett's going in the top five or six rounds because that's where the rookies go now um that who, who have a clear path to the starting job so the question is do you take Kenny Pickett in the sixth round like uh Zach uh, Wilson and 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 uh Mac Jones from last year or do you take uh you know I I think Desmond Ritter and um yeah I think Desmond Ritter and uh what's his name from Carolina uh, what's the guy who went to Carolina? Went to Carolina? Yeah. Uh, the quarterback? Oh, uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Yeah, you take those guys in round 10 and 11, because um, otherwise somebody's going to take them. Like, if, if this is like the, like, this happens every year where there's a couple guys who are in QB battles, and you just take the guy. You know, that's how Ryan, <laughs> that's how Ryan got through last year with, like, such a weird situation that he got Jimmy Garoppolo in like the 11th or 12th round. Cause it's like, well, he's only going to play like two weeks and then he played the entire year. Um, except for one or two games. But like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't think Malik Willis is going to play quarterback full time for the Tennessee Titans probably ever, but also not in the next this year. Like I think even if he gets hurt, they're going to put somebody else out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sam Howell and uh, and Riddle Riddler the Riddler, um, they're, they're worth an eleventh round pick because they're behind non competent QBs. So there might be like a three or four week stretch when you need a QB and you could at least have somebody get you eleven or twelve points. Yeah, I mean, I think that Desmond Ritter actually could. You know, he was, you know, um, rumored to be a first like a, the QB, a QB one like as the weeks you know as the draft approached could Desmond Ritter sneak in there um you know and if you want to play the game of I you know I'm gonna roll the dice and get him and maybe he becomes a guy and I can and I get him in the 13th round or something like that and I have a QB because Mariota goes out and is just garbage um and they just go okay well let's see what we got in this guy and he shows up then there you go um but like i have no interest in kenny pickett because i i want i think that um trubitsky is a good quarterback i think that he wins that job and holds on to that job uh at least this year and then maybe they have to roll out kenny pickett next year but uh who was the God? You're gonna have to help me. Remember when on Pittsburgh a couple years ago, like maybe four years ago, tall guy, they thought that he was gonna be great. Um, he had maybe a stretch of six games that he was amazing. Uh, I'll have to look at the quarterback. Name. No, no, wide receiver. Um, like super skinny, and then he got in like some legal trouble. Um, oh, Martavius Bryant? 
Yes, Martavius Bryant. That's what I think George Pickens is going to be. I think that you're going to have George Pickens be this like flash for. I think did Martavius Bryant had like almost a year and a half of like decent fantasy yeah. production. Yeah, he was he was great for when he was healthy and didn't have all of his issues. Um, he had a lot of issues. Um, that was like ten years ago. That was ten years ago. <laughs> okay, so. Um, I that's that's where like because I'm looking at like Pitt, George Pickens got drafted um, to the Pittsburgh Steelers and he's great uh, wide receiver but like as the draft approached there were a lot of like character questions and he, he does have injury concerns as well. Yeah, he's been hurt. He's been hurt the two years before each year the two years before. Um, I didn't realize I didn't see that like play until like everybody started talking about like the character stuff of where he like grabbed uh i don't know if it was a georgia player or maybe an out or some sec school um player and he like he kept on grabbing the face mask and looking for the wall to slam the guy's head in the wall after the play and like i don't i don't think he's gonna last in the league like that is a uh that is a player that i'm like you're you're not long for this league um and I think that's why he, he dropped so far. And I think Mike Tomlin probably said, like, I can fix him, but um, I I would not believe that that guy can be fixed. That type that type of personality doesn't last long. Like, you may be hot, you may be able to get it done, but especially if you're injured, nobody wants that from the guy on the training tables. Yeah, I think that, like, um, the Steelers have a track record of, like, covering up not really like <laughs> uh fixing people right like it's like oh we can kind of handle this personality um yeah mike tomlin probably went a year or two without tony without antonio brown it's like oh i can deal with that a little bit again and it's like and he's just gonna be like no fuck this he's not like deontay johnson's our best receiver we're not putting this up with our either second or third best receiver depending if uh claypool ever gets his head on straight Mundo. Happy birthday, belated birthday. Are these old? Nah, these are up to date. They'll be fine. Braddo. Draft talk. Man, can Brad talk drafts? Uh, we should have played a drinking game. Oh, we should play a drinking game for every time uh, Brad mentions the golf course, or, uh, 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 uh or, or or draft. That's what Brad should. We should, we should get, all get drunk doing that, fellas. Two shows ago, before Brad's draft talk. Now it's a drinking game uh, to see how many times I can say it in this thing. Okay, me versus Brad, drinking game. Once upon a time, I could have beat him, but not now. Brad knows. Anyway, bad takes and good takes from two shows ago. You guys were just taking. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is going on? Ugh. You guys both shit on Kamara. I know it's PG-13, sorry. Taking a dump on Kamara, saying he's terrible. Brad said CD Lamb quit. Bro, how can you say an NFL player quit? He got hurt, and he played limping. He refused to leave a playoff game 
Also, Brad or Amen, one of you guys said that Sam Darnold is better than Baker Mayfield. Now, ugh, there's so much wrong with that statement. But once Baker clears waivers, I'm pretty sure he'll go somewhere. He'll have his surgery and he'll show you guys. I'm not a Baker guy. He's probably a douche. But he's better than Sam Darnold. Good takes from the show, though. And this is a compliment sandwich. I've learned to do that. Amen says he think Russ could be a QB1. Love that. Amen. I'd also love to help you with that Texans uh, story. The background. I would love to get a reaction. A reaction's boots on the ground for that. When we get some sponsors from the pod, let's put that into action. I think I'd be a perfect journalist. Also... We definitely just want to hear you guys talk. Like, it doesn't matter what the subject is. Even when Bradley says, draft. NFL draft. Speaking of draft, the Jets. How about that? I think we want it. Now, I wish we got A.J. Brown. But the two players, and we're finally going to have a corner. Oh, giving me Darrell Revis vibes. Oh, when we had Darrell Revis and Cromartian. Oh, my God. Bart Scott. Can't wait. Our defense. Oh. Robert Sala, please, I pray to you every... I have a shrine of Robert Sala. I pray to him every night, hoping that we can get this done. Please. Please. Come on, Jetskis. You know what's wild? No, not Tom Brady's $375 million contract to be a Fox ambassador. Don't get me started with Fox. But this trade, Amen, not picking for two straight rounds, kind of makes me feel pretty, pretty damn good about not having a bunch of picks. Uh, you know what doesn't make me feel good? That pass to a hit Tyreek Hill with in practice. <sighs> My man, Mike, the mayor. I know I've flamed you up a little bit here on this pod and in this here chat, but you not being able to do it in the finals do it in the finals the scorching on the mayor is going to continue because for one i wanted Jalen hurts and i would have given you a lot less for him and you didn't hit me up so i'm gonna be a hater all those wins the mayor is the chris paul of the league no chips you know what else is crazy no 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 no, no, no. not the rangers and the ice cats coming back from three goals down to win by multiple goals but i really don't see a winner or losing this trade all i see is some swap draft positions me not knowing what Eamon has up his tricky little sleeve and me not getting jalen hurts Eamon, with all that analysis data good players and no chips the brandon staley of the league and that's a fact jack fellas those are the weekend Reactions. Not surprising that the Seattle Seahawks take a running back in Kenneth Walker. Uh, and he's just like a guy. Like, does he dethrone Penny um, after it's... Penny had such a strong season? End of season, I should say. So you, you never want a running back on a bad team. And now there's like three people. Like, you have. The guy who's clearly the best in Chris Carson, but maybe his career is over now because of injuries. Yeah. And then you have Rashad Penny, 
who after five years finally shows up and plays well for five games. And they're like, we'll give him one more year. And now that you're adding a rookie and you have Drew Locke and Geno Smith and like, it's just like, oh, this is like, this is just nothing. Like, it's not even like, sometimes on bad teams, like if there's at least one running back, they're going to get all the receptions, i.e. like a Najee Harris. Um, I guess the Steelers weren't that terrible, but like just, there's still that, but I don't, I don't even know if that's going to be the case here. And like, I, and their offensive line is terrible. They have a rookie tackle because Dwayne Brown left. Like it's, uh, I, I'm not saying I won't draft. Well, I won't draft them. Somebody else draft them before me, but like, I'm definitely, I'm not going to be like poking around like, Ooh, Kenneth Walker. Can I go get him for X? Um, okay. So it's like, yeah. Like for me, like, I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, Seattle does not excite me in any way next year. Um, like, I I don't know if I'll end up with a Seattle player. The only way I end up with a Seattle player is just if I make like a dumb decision where it's like, oh, this person's falling. There's this person's falling. I'll get him here because it's he's falling, and why not? Um, like I could see that happening to DK. I'm just like, well, like you know, I can't pass up DK at this point, and he ends up, you know, having four touchdowns and you know, 700 yards or something like that because Drew Locke, and then somebody else is throwing him the ball. Um, so let's uh let's let's transition into the guys who like who are NFL players who've had their values completely. Uh, not completely taken away, but like have just like really hurt the situation. Um, and we'll just start with my keeper or my former keeper option of Elijah Mitchell. Um, the uh, the 49ers yet again <laughs> spent a, a, a decent resource on a running back. Um, where was it? What's the guy's name? Nope, that's not it. Uh, uh, Tyron Davis Price. Um, hmm. I think he's from LSU and they used a third round pick on him and like I just you know there's some people who, who've received texts uh, about uh, acquiring possible keepers just in case Gronk doesn't come back um, just cause I, I I just I can't trust the San Francisco backfield like it, keepers are too valuable like that's why like when you start talking about these guys who are like a 13th round keeper and it's like i just i want the sureness of something and i i just don't feel like i would feel good about eliza mitchell coming out of draft and going like i wish i had you know james connor or somebody like that um how do you feel about the other about like the ag brown and the hollywood brown stuff and how's that impact uh i mean i think holly brown i don't Change my expectations of what sure. level wide receiver. Yeah. I think he's like a 15 overall wide receiver in fantasy, which is good. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, A.J. Brown, I would say his value goes down. Um, just because, you know, I Jalen Hurts throws the ball less than Tannehill. Um, and, you know, A.J. Brown will be definitively the player that, opposing teams will try to stop i mean that's the other thing it's like i've never really fully bought into the aj brown of like way everybody else does um because like you're trying to stop derrick henry <laughs> he's never been the guy that people have had to try to stop 
Right. Uh, he may still be great, but I'm I'm just saying like it's not like if Debo goes to a new team, it's like Debo was the guy people were trying to stop in the second half of the season last year. Um, right. Devontae Adams goes to a new team. He has the exact same role and the exact same amount of pressure on his shoulders. Um, AJ Brown is is taking a step up. So, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see what happens. Like him and Devonta Smith, it's like that's a pretty good wide receiver core, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you're a little higher on. I, I think after having Devonte Smith on my team and, and like kind of going like. I think he'll play in the NFL for a while, but I don't know if he'll ever be a dominant player. I just, I think you need two months to go right. And, uh, you know, he's the type of guy that, like, he's the type of guy that would be a perfect fit for Aaron Rodgers. Like, if you design the entire offense around him and you set it up so that he's the only guy on a route on the side of the field or, like, everybody's running routes just so he gets a one-on-one Sure, he's he's good, but like I don't know. When I watch the Eagles game, I don't think like it. He exploded off the screen in the way it's like, oh my god, he's so wide open, it's so crazy. It's like, you know, and maybe that's maybe that's his future. He's he, like in a year or two, he gets traded to uh, Kansas City because they they could never replace Tyreek Hill, and like that's the guy or something like that. But um, I'm just not as high on on Devonte Smith. Yeah, I, I agree with you that I think A.J. Brown takes a step back. Uh, and I think that Hollywood Brown stays kind of the same. Um, I think that, like, A.J. Brown... Like, I'm interested to see that offense now. I don't think that it's, you know, a top-tier offense. But, it like, having him in the mix... Uh, it'll be like a very unique offense. They were so run heavy last year. Um, and I mean, a lot of that's coming from Jalen Hurts, but that that was a, like, they, they might be the best team in the NFC East. Um, they might be. And adding AJ Brown to it, like, I don't think that they're like super scary uh, like playoff contender, like making deep runs in the playoffs. But um, again, Jalen Hurts keeps like upping his game and like figuring out ways to stay on the field. Um, and I think that he'll figure out ways to get the ball to J- AJ Brown. Um, so AJ Brown might end up on my team is what I'm saying. Like he might be a guy that like, is I'm not drafting, you know, he's not going to be as high as he was in the draft, like back end of the first round. Uh, He'll like be he taken in the back end of the first round this year for us. You think so? Definitely. That, all right, so let me just run down our early version of this. Okay. So the in the projected, there's 11 picks. The last four picks before the end of the round is Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Swift, Travis Kelsey, who will go earlier, AJ Brown. And then you guys got like Antonio Gibson. Matt Stafford, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans. Like AJ Brown is going to go before. Yeah, Mike. Mike AJ Brown is going to go before Mike Evans and probably Keenan Allen. So I would take Mike Evans before AJ Brown. Well, well, I I would too, but uh, I'm just saying that 
I, you know, based especially like what Henry was saying and stuff like that. Um, Admittedly, I, we are both like Mike Evans lovers. We like Mike Evans. We are, yeah, we are I think as long as you understand that he's going to give you like two zero weeks. Yeah, he'll end up as the wide receiver 11, uh, 8 through 11, and have two or three weeks where he gets absolutely nothing. And played every snap. <laughs> That's right. It's not like he got hurt early. It's like, no, he played every snap. <laughs> um, so, but like, but like would you AJ take Br- oh, would you God. take AJ Brown before Antonio Gibson? I I don't want anything to do with Antonio Gibson. So yes. Yeah. So and then like Cam Akers, David Montgomery, Keenan Allen. Is Keenan Allen ahead of uh, AJ Brown for you? No. So I mean, that's the. You're looking at the keep, 11, keep, 12, keep, 13. Keep going a little deeper. I think that there's some guys that like are on that chart that might that might. David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley, Aaron Rodgers, but I think QBs would go a little earlier. So like it's a yeah, slight, yeah. but it's he's gonna be gone before the third or fourth pick in the second round. Yeah, yeah I guess so. I mean, I'll have to look at it, but yeah, I mean, I thought that he might slip back a little further into like back end of the second round and that's where I'd be interested in getting him. Um, yeah, I would love to take him over T Higgins, but there's an 11 spot difference. Like T Higgins right now would be, there's no rookies in this too, but like, yeah, so you're adding like, the only person I would think you would add would be Brees, Brees uh, Hall. Uh, but like, yeah, I would, T Higgins is the second to last pick in the second round in this early projection of this, but like, you know, that's what you're looking at the back half of the second round. Josh Jacobs and Deontay Johnson. I mean, I would... Ooh, this is tough. Ooh, I, tell me. I think I would want Deontay Johnson over A.J. Brown. Okay. He's healthy. They they set him up. Like, because he is also now the question of this, like... Uh, uh, Mike Tomlin he always has a dominant one wide receiver, like Mike Wallace. Um, there's a bunch Santonio Holmes. Like he always feeds the, the ball to yeah. one guy. Now the question is if Mr. Bitsky is the guy throwing it, <laughs> like, was it, was it Ben or was it Mike Tomlin that was making like a, a one, a wide receiver one that was dominant? Like, cause I, you know, I do think AJ Brown is going to play 14 games. Um, it's just his history. It's, he doesn't. He's not going to play fourteen games. So, like, would you rather have a dom, a healthy Deontay Johnson, who will give you seven catches, eighty-eight yards, and maybe a TD? That's versus like AJ Brown, who gets two TDs on three catches and has a hundred and twelve yards. Right. I, I think that's that's tough. Um. But, yeah. Yeah, wow. Interesting. Interesting. I do, th- I do think, you know, I think this is a – I haven't heard anybody talk about the draft yet, fantasy-wise yet, but I do want to go back to players who've had their values, like, cut. Um, but I, I think, I think uh, Mr. Antonio Gibson has had his value cut now that the commanders yeah. took a new uh, running back in the third round, and it's like – Everybody was like, oh, this will be so great for Antonio Gibson if McKissick leaves. I'm like, you don't want McKissick to leave because then they'll draft somebody. It's like, nope, they still drafted somebody. It's uh, Brian Robinson Jr. Brian out of Robinson. Alabama. Yeah, and he's like, he's going to get goal line work. He's going to get a lot of goal line work. 
and just like hand the ball off, run and, you know, because that's what he did. That's what he did in Alabama and wasn't not a pass catching guy. You know, it, it came out that Ron Rivera is like, oh, it could be the, the Jonathan Stewart, um, D'Angelo, what D'Angelo, what's his name, D'Angelo, uh, gosh, darn it. This yeah, really are you talking about an old player, D'Angelo Williams? D'Angelo Williams, yeah. So when Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams were playing together, like that sort of thing where... With J.D. Uh, McKissick, too. Yeah, and J.D. McKissick. So I think that, like, J.D. McKissick eats into, like, J.D. McKissick eats into Antonio Gibson from one side and Brian Robinson Jr. eats from the other side of just, like, up the, up the gut stuff. So I think he sees a step back. Uh, who else do I think sees a step back? Uh, I mean, we already talked about uh, the running back situation in Seattle, and Kenneth Walker will get feel, will get like some Rashad Penny t- touches. We don't know what's going to happen with Chris Carson, but I'd imagine both of them see a step back. Um, I think Tannehill sees a step back because I think they'll create a lot of goal line and specialty packages for. Malik Willis, like I think he's going to become a Taysom Hill for the Titans. Hmm. Like I think they'll tell him, like, "Hey, listen, you're 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 the practice squad QB, or you're this guy for us." And like you'll be playing and you'll be on the field, and you'll be able to come here and throw passes and stuff like that. But we want to put we want to line you up in the backfield as quarterback in the goal line, and like I think that just lowers Tannehill's QB or two TDs. Um, and just stuff like that where I think it's like, oh, I think it's not a lot, but I think it's just like 20 or 30 points that will make a difference on the season on him being like QB 10 and QB 22. Yeah, the other one uh, that I see, like, because there's not too many that you already mentioned, you think that Michael Thomas is going to see less because of Chris Olave. I think that James Cook in Buffalo uh, muddies up the water even more um, with what they have up there. So, I, like, I, he's a like a he's not as big as da- his brother Dalvin Cook. Um, he's so, a, everybody says he's eighty percent. He's eighty percent as fast, eighty percent as strong, eighty percent of the size. Right. So, like, I think that it it like muddies the water even more. So, you, like. They have three running backs now, so they don't have like one, right? So it's like, who's it? Who's gonna get? The, who's gonna have the week that week? Um, maybe if he just shows out and ends up taking over the role, great. There's a there's a chance of that. Maybe that's worth a flyer. Um, but like Singletary came on at the end of last year. It's similar, I think, to James Cook. And then uh, I just don't think that that's like enough differentiate, like a differentiate differentiation between him uh, and James Cook to be like, oh, I, I definitely want this person over that person. And then you have Zach Moss who and, and Duke Johnson. So it's like you have kind of three of the same back and then Zach Moss who had who showed he's like not really the guy they were hoping he'd turn into be. So um, 
Yeah, I think yeah. I think with James Cook, the thing to remember is that there's no. I don't think there's a realistic world where he's the guy because he's one ninety, and like right. Austin Eckler is by far the smallest starting running back the league has had in a long time, and he's a full fifteen pounds heavier than that. Right. Like he's a like James Cook is going to be a satellite back, which makes me think like they cut Duke Johnson um, in camp or something like that. Um, and they probably just were like, they were just like getting Duke Johnson just in case they couldn't get a receiving back. But yeah, I think, I think this like, cause Devin Singletary would probably have weeks where he didn't get a lot of carries and he probably wouldn't get necessarily the, the inside the five carries cause Josh Allen would get those. But now it's just like, right. you're losing the receiving yards. So like Singletary could have really bad weeks for you. Um, and then where was the, there was, I, I heard somebody say, yeah, so like, I, I don't think that there's much anyone else who has such an impact that there's a downgrade that we haven't talked about. Um, because it's it just, they just don't have, these are not like, high impact players that are going to compete i think so what else <laughs> yeah i mean I, I think just like i'm sure people will naturally do this but if you're listening to this podcast you just get a friendly reminder like it's definitely worth in the rounds 13 and 14 to take the fourth round running backs like isaiah spiller and like just carry them because who knows how long Austin Eckler is the Chargers back. Um, and, you know, like the Washington running back, as we said, uh, Brian Robinson Jr. And those type of guys, especially running backs, it, that's like such a a smart investment. Like, I guess that's the closest thing to ever Nick Chubb. Now, I think Nick Chubb was a second round, like a very early second rounder. So it won't be like that. But that's a lottery ticket if you're really talking about the long game. Because um, I think that's how Austin Eckler became super valuable. He was the backup to Melvin Gordon, and somebody took him as a handcuff in the 14th round. And now you have the top five player in the league. Yeah, wow. Um, all right, anything else you want to say about the draft? Um, no, we can talk about uh, maybe quickly. Um, oh, just a, sorry, a quick shout-out. I went with uh, Ryan Graham, league mate. We went. Uh, we had a hangout session. We went to SoFi Stadium and watched the draft there, uh, which was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. What happened now? So sorry, I interrupted you. Um. So I made a little chart, and I thought we were going to talk about it when we did the mock draft, but that was a very long episode. Thanks for anybody who made it through the end. We should have like put like a a discount code code or something at the end for something. Um, just as a reward. Um, and then, so I had made a sheet of like, cause I, I do believe in 2014, the league changed. Um, and like wide receivers started becoming really like good year one. Um, this was the Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, uh, OBJ, Brandon Cooks, Kelvin, Benjamin, uh, year and like four of those guys finished in top 24 now 
the only guy who didn't finish in the top 24 was just slightly out, which was Brandon Cooks. Um, but, you know, Sammy Watkins was 24 on the year. Uh, Mike Evans was 9. OBJ was 4 in 12 games only. Like, just to remember how amazing he was th- at that time. And Kelvin Benjamin finished his wide receiver 17. Like, there is a path to these guys becoming dominant years one. And, like, the next couple years, it was a little slower. Amari Cooper in 2015 was the only first-round wide receiver to get in the top 22. Um, That draft cast feels like a direct response to the year before where people took all these wide receivers and, like, they just didn't pay off. Kevin uh, Kevin White, (laughs) Devontae Parker, who's still pretty good in the league, Nelson Aguilar, Rashard Perryman, and Philip Dorsett. Then 2016, another four went – None of them finished in the top 40. Corey Coleman, Will Fuller, Josh Doxson, uh, Laquan Treadwell. What team What team drafted Josh Doxson? Uh, the Redskins at the time, right? Commanders. Yes. yes. At the time, they were Redskins. Now the Commanders, yes. Yes. We will bleep that or something like that. What about Laquan Treadwell? Do you remember what team took him? Minnesota Vikings. All right. Good, good. Um, and then this is a bad year. Uh, 2017 was Corey Davis, Mike Williams, Dan Ross. I'm going to call it Tennessee Titans, uh, Chargers, and Browns? Bengals. Bengals. Oh, but they were all top 10 picks. Yes. That's a, that's a, The next year, this is when we start getting closer back to what I think currently is happening. DJ Moore was 38th on the year, and Calvin Ridley was 20 on the year. Um, 2019, I think Openly, everyone admit that was a terrible wide receiving class. Um, the only two first-round wide receivers were Hollier Brown and Nikhil Harry. Um, but 2020, we got back to where we had four guys finish in the top 40. Um, CeeDee Lamb, 20. Justin Jefferson, 6. Brandon Ayuk, 36. And T. Higgins, 33. Um, and then also drafted Jerry Judy, Jalen Rager, and Michael Pittman, who was technically outside of the first round but these these guys were all contributors and then last year um jamar chase jalen waddle and Devonte smith were all in the top 40 jamar was five overall jalen was 13 overall and Devonte was 29th Kadarius tony and rashad bateman didn't really contribute due to injuries but i just i think we're the last two or three years and 2014 is more like what we're going into and i, I think think like you know i have a different thing we'll do on a a different podcast where i talk about the receivers you take in the 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 wide receivers ranked uh 12 through 24 and i think you'll be surprised that there's not that much value and you're probably better off just taking multiple dart throws at these rookies this year yes cool I, i wonder as you build this model and do this research if you can look into where these first round players, like where they finished in their second year, because like we have like DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley in their rookie year were 38 and 20, um, which, you know, Calvin Ridley's a wide receiver too in that situation, but where did he, where was he in his second year? And if that can help us predict what, you know, the guys that were drafted last year, Waddle, Devonta Smith, obviously, you no know, Jamar Chase, 
but like Kadarius and Tony and Rashad Bateman, do we, are we going to see a lot of guys that finished outside of the forties? The they really have a bump in their second year. So it seems to me like, you know, the names that like show up in the, in the top 40 went on to have pretty successful careers. And then you have guys like Brandon Cook who didn't, but still who, who was outside of the top 40, but then had solid years. I wonder when that started. So um, I think that as you build this out, if you could, if you could build it out in that way, it'd be helpful to, to help predict where these uh, where these wide receivers start to see their uh, breakout years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think like I listen. People can do whatever they want more research. I, I think the purpose of this chart was just strictly to say like they're like. I think this is also inspired because I think I heard on fantasy footballers take this uh, like talk about like. In the last 20 years, there hasn't been that many great wide receivers in their rookie year, which I don't think that's a true statement anymore. I think the NFL evolves. And, um, you know, so I, I think there are certain errors of football. Like, I think when Peyton Manning came in the league, he changed the league. Like, that's why, like, for the longest time, I just, no matter what, I had Peyton Manning as a better historical quarterback than Tom Brady. The fact that he won like four Super Bowls after Peyton Manning retired has made that like not possible to even argue anymore. <laughs> but um, he 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 changed how that position is thought about. Like the QBs had way more on their plate after Peyton Manning came in the league than before. And I think I think we're in a new. I think that error has now ended, and it's now what I would call the Patrick Mahomes error, where it's like everybody's freakish arm talent and they can throw the ball anywhere on the field and they can throw it from any angle and, and that's and that's modernizing so i think related to that has now changed how we have to look at wide receivers like i think everybody agrees wide receivers are important but are they a position we turn over more and like it's not worth having older guys like are they the new running backs because i would say it, it pretty much to a T every team that dumped one of these top tier wide receivers at the very least invested a lot into the position like Tyreek Hill. They didn't try to replace specifically Tyreek Hill, but they paid a lot of money to Juju Smith Schuster and MVS and kept McCall Hardman and then spent a second round pick on, on receivers. So it's not like they're pretending wide receiver doesn't have a value or Tyreek Hill wasn't amazing, but they were like, this is it. Um, Clearly, uh, the Packers gave up their two late seconds to get an early second to draft a guy. Uh, you know, the Titans dump A.J. Brown and draft the identical body type and style player of him. So it's not like the the current like fulcrum of where wide receivers are and the thought and the importance is all the smart teams think they're important. The question is, do they want to invest in rookies or pay out the ass for these older guys. And um, I think there's just so much opportunity now with these wide receivers. And I think while none of them are in perfect spots, I would probably feel safe to say three of these guys will easily be top 24 guys. Wow. That's pretty good statement. I mean, that's yeah. where we're kind of at right now, right? 
Maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, I think your bet on Chris Olave, that could turn out to be one. But uh, Well, not know? this year because he won't play until November. But Chris Olave will play. Oh, Chris Olave, yeah. 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 I like, I think Olave, I think um, uh, the Tennessee guy can end up with having crazy numbers. Traylon Burks. Uh, Traylon Burks. Um, the Jets guy. I mean, the Jets guy, they like their packets unintentionally, I think, for the NFL Network was showing these like Debo like plays. <laughs> like, where they're like throwing like weird across the field passes and like screens for him, like as if he's a running back. So I, you know, I think that guy could be like Corey Davis isn't great. <laughs> and you have Elijah Mitchell. Like, if Zach Wilson breaks out, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore. Um, if Zach Wilson breaks out, that could be, that could be something, you know, mm-hmm. who knows what John, this John Mechie, um, like, Mechie. <laughs> that's deep. I mean, he's going to probably be the wide receiver too. And Brandon cooks catches deep ball. So if everybody's just backing off, like he could get a hundred catches and be wide receiver 24 in the year. Yeah. Um, I don't think Drake London has a chance to do it. I'm not into him. Um, and who knows, like Juju gets hurt or isn't anything. And then Sky Moore becomes yeah, for sure. Patrick Mahomes' second favorite target behind Kelsey. Yeah. I mean, I could see Sky Moore having the breakout. I think that, you know, like I said, I, I think, like, I think Alec Pierce ends up being a wide receiver three, like a solid wide receiver three. Um, I think if you go and you watch tape on him, like I was like, I kind of like this guy. He might be a sneaky, a sneaky guy for me that I'll, I'll draft late with a throwaway pick, hopefully. Um, Are you good? So Corey Davis is most likely going to be the starter for the Jets. Yeah. Are you taking Corey Davis over? Like, where are the wide receivers you're taking Corey Davis over? These on this rookie oh. list. Uh, I'll, I'll read the names and you say if you'll take Corey Davis or the guy. All right. Sure. Yeah. Drake London. Yeah, I'll take Corey Davis. All right, Garrett Wilson. Uh, probably not. I probably take Garrett. Okay, Traylon Burks. Uh, I'd probably take a flyer on Traylon Burks. James, well, Jameson Wellen, we won't talk about. Uh, Chris Olave. Yeah, I'd probably take Chris Olave. Sky Moore. Yeah, I'll take Sky Moore. Chris, uh, Christian Watson. No. Okay. Johan uh, Dotson. Johan Dotson, no. George Pickens? No. All right. So, um, but I mean, that that's the que- like that's the type of player that, like, if these guys are falling, you're going to have to make a call. And, like, and I, yeah. you know, I think, in fairness, just to, because I, I agree with you, I think the Drake London thing is just because they are a team that are, is trying to lose next year. And, it's just going to be ugly. Like it's, I don't think it's a, a great insult to Drake London that you don't want him, but um, yeah. But like, yeah, there's five or six guys that I would rather take a flyer on than because like the thing with like Corey Davis is like, you kind of know what Corey Davis is. <clears throat> um, he had like one or two good seasons in Tennessee and then, you know, got a bag and with the jets. Uh yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think that, like, I think my, also my other, my next study will also represent, like, 
information why you should be looking at these guys deeper in the fall. Because, like, you know, it's about the safe wide receiver choose, um, basically the guys you drafted last year, the the uh, Amari Coopers and uh, Allen Robinsons. Yeah, I, I think That's that... the, like when, when we were talking about like, oh, I could see me just like taking DK Metcalf. Like that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh God, I'm going to fucking take DK Metcalf when I shouldn't and it's going to be in my Amari Cooper fucking Allen. It's not going to be as bad as Allen Robinson, but... Because that's that's always the refrain is that like I'd rather take DK Metcalf versus this other terrible running back and it's like DK Metcalf that it's around I don't want to spoil too much of it because I I also want to do like a a third or fourth level to it but I basically did wide receivers who were ranked ten through twenty five or eleven through twenty five and if they finished above ten. Or if they finish in the 11 to 25, or if they finish outside, and a lot of those guys finished outside. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So like, it's not as it's not like so when you know they call it um, the dead zone in rounds three and four or whatever the running back dead zone. It's just like, you know, it's fine. You can pick and choose and say like, oh, I I took Jamari Chase, and it's like, yeah, but you're picking and choosing. There was also the two wide receivers next to him, which is Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson. I'm not, I'm not picking on you specifically but those were the guys that like i just think like i was like i'm never drafting like last year i was like i'm just not drafting these guys they're not finishing on my team and i think i'd rather burn my picks there on running backs and then just use seven eight nine on whatever rookie wide receivers and just go like well if one of them pays off i'm having a good day yeah i think that's actually like why not just build your like depth at running back because like they're going to get used you know and like they're going to get used and there's going to be an injury and you're going to need them um and you're not going to be able to get them in seven eight nine right yeah yeah i I also think this i i've been talking about it and i'm going to say it a lot and you guys can skip over this there's never been a year like this in fantasy where there's just there's nothing anybody feels good about. Like, you don't feel... Like, confident about. Yeah. Like, if we started zero, it would be, like, Jonathan Taylor and then nothing. Like, Derrick Henry, it's like, well, is he going to be healthy? Is, like, McCaffrey's... I mean, like, McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook should have no reason to be as high as they are. It's only an indictment that everything else went sideways right. in this league, like, in the in the NFL itself. So, like, you know, this still... Whoever wins... I. This is the one year if you want to pitch me on, on luck, I might accept it. But also, I think, I think it's maybe like also just a nice reset for the people who put the time and energy to, to do the research and like, they, if they come out on top, like I think that's a, that's a great sign because I do think football has become so, fantasy football has become so covered that like there isn't a lot of unique thought or there's no opportunities to really fully outwork people like i think it's like there's people who are at the bottom but like you know the people who i respect in our league you know as long as they're in the top five or six i just expect them to oh yeah like that's that's kind of where i think they, they would be like but like being number one i don't i don't think it's a detraction like there's people in this league i think are as good as other people who've won championships and 
they just haven't had stuff line up in their way. Yeah, I think kind of towards the like towards the end, like the last four guys in, it's like all of them deserve to be there because um, you have. I mean, you can get you can kind of luck your way into the playoffs, like back your way in, but like to actually take it up against, you know, really good teams. Uh, who have done the research and who have like you know I think a strategy and stick to it and um, I think the cream kind of rises to the top during the playoffs. Um, all right, anything else you want to say before we we hang it up here? No, I think we're good. I think um, uh, I will put a post tonight on where I think we're going to move into our divisions and we'll have a guest manager from uh, each division for when we review the teams because uh, it'll force us to actually have people on because I thought we were going to have more people on in the offseason. It just it's it hasn't worked. Uh, but, yeah, we'll move on to a division, and whoever's, uh, whoever's available on Wednesdays, every other Wednesday for a while, um, we'll do that division next. Yeah, sounds fun. All right, folks, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, we are headed towards training camps and mini camps and maybe there's still a trade out there uh that's going to happen uh would you believe that ryan and i hung out for three hours during draft day and not a single trade was discussed i got out of the car after like he dropped me off i was like wait we didn't talk about any trades that we could do he's like that's that was shocking to me (laughs) <laughs> I didn't bring it up. I was so wrapped up in the draft. Did he? Uh, did he hint at who he's keeping? Um, I, I, you know, I think we were at the Chargers kind of like draft party. So he said that you know Herbert is a keeper for him. Herbert was there. Um, I would assume it's Herbert Jones, and then I don't know who his third keeper would be. Yeah, I think you mentioned Jones too, but because you know things change. He didn't, he didn't say his third keeper. Yeah, his, th- his third keeper is... Uh, well, I mean, I would... It normally would have been Godwin, but I don't know if that's true anymore. Um, hmm. I think Cooks would be a good one. Uh, Cooks always pays off. Hey, Cooks always pays. Um, yeah, I don't see anybody who sticks... I mean, maybe Jimmy stays in, in San Francisco. Jimmy! Maybe. Uh, I would imagine so at this point. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Well, I'll, I will line up for all our listeners. I will line up somebody to join us for a division breakdown in our next uh, in our next pod. So, so we will have a third. Uh, hopefully it's you, Frank. Uh. <laughs> uh As always, thanks for listening. Uh, Thanks for the support. Talk to you guys soon. Peace out.